Sessions. Coming up on Saturday morning will be a first with my guest, Dr. Peter Sukoski from the East Main Medical Clinic. Located close to Highland Boulevard in Bozeman, East Main Medical provides quality urgent care at an affordable price. Dr. Pete will talk about his training, different services provided, his approach to health and healing, and the great staff who works with him. It's Gazoodtite with Jacobus. Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It is a beautiful Saturday morning, kind of, how do I say it? Uh, not even windy. It is very comfortable outside. Looks like we're going to have a, a very nice warm temperature today. Maybe not a rainstorm, thunderstorm at the end late afternoon but today it is july 13 and i'm very happy to be with you i hope you will have a nice weekend and a nice saturday this is the uh, live show on saturday morning local right here in bozeman and in paradise valley as well gesundheit with jacob is a show where we talk about health healing and healthy lifestyles we invite the experts come on the program talk about what they do for a living they're passions their knowledge maybe a book they have written a passion that they have and that they want to share with all of us i'm saying myself included so want to let you know though that as we talk about these types of topics it's not the purpose to diagnose treat or cure it's all about sharing information uh giving you some education hopefully a little entertainment just information that is available to all of us these days through books in the library, magazines that you can buy. Also, the internet, of course, is a great source for many people to find quick information. But it always recommend that when the show is done, that you see either the guest of the program in uh, their own setting, the professional setting, or that you find somebody, a practitioner of your choice, to get the best information and help that you need in your life in your quest for better health. So all in all, great to be with you. I really look forward to this program because I've never had this doctor on the show. We just uh, came in. We had breakfast together. It was very nice. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, Dr. Peter Sikoski, that is how I say it. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Sikoski is the owner and provider at East Main Medical Clinic at 1104 East Main Street in Bozeman since October 2014. And so East Main... If you have that, uh, you go east of town, you got the car wash on the left, and they're pretty much right across the street from that. He did go to medical school in Des Moines University in Iowa. Correct. Are you from that area? No, I'm a New Yorker. No way. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> the good part of New York. Not Upstate. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. And then uh, family practice residency in St. Elizabeth Hospital in Youngston, Youngstown, Ohio. He has been a board certified family physician. Since 1999, Dr. Pete has been practicing medicine for 20 years and in the Gallatin Valley since 2002. 
His urgent care experience is greater than 17 years. Dr. Sikorsky is a doctor of osteopathy, or a DO. A DO is a professional degree which has the equivalent rights, privileges, such as prescriptive ability, and responsibilities as a medical doctor. The difference between an MD and a DO is that a doctor in osteopathy training adds the study of hands-on manipulation of the musculoskeletal system. Very interesting. We'll talk about that. Uh, so if you'd like to get in touch with them, East Main Medical Clinic, uh, the website is eastmainmedical.com, eastmainmedical.com. As I mentioned, the address is 1104 East Main Street, right here on Bozeman. And the phone number is 406-587-3788, 587-3788. They have uh, the open Monday through Thursday from 8 in the morning till 6, Friday and Saturday from 8 till 3. And uh, they take all major credit cards and all kinds of insurances. So, Dr. Pete, welcome to the program. Jeez, you pretty much told them everything I was going to Yeah, talk. I know. We can we actually done? go back. <laughs> yeah, we, just, we can pretty much go. That's it. Anything else? That was a long commercial there for Well, that you. was pretty darn good. <laughs> Hell, I didn't even have to explain what an osteopath is. No, no, no. I still want you to explain it a little bit better because uh, there is somehow this feeling that when you're a DO, you're just not an MD. And that means that uh, you probably uh, failed the exam or something. And I always have this feeling that people say, well, a DO is just not a real doctor. And I go, are you kidding me? I mean, you your training is probably more extensive or just as extensive as what a medical doctor had to go through. Explain to us how you become a DO. What what are the pre-requirements? Then how do you move on from there? Well, pretty much, you know, osteopathic medicine versus allopathic. DOs versus MDs, um, the mindset of, well, DOs just aren't equivalent to MDs has pretty much gone to the wayside because we work side by side. Yeah. Uh, we do pretty much now all residency programs for whatever medical specialty you're in, family practice, emergency medicine, surgeries. Most of those uh, residencies are allopathic or MD residencies. Mm-hmm. So other than going to an osteopathic medical school, most DOs are doing allopathic or MD residencies. Uh, where I did mine, St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, level one trauma center, 500-bed hospital, allopathic residency, um, multiple residencies in surgery, general surgery, obstetrics, emergency medicine, internal medicine, family practice, psychiatry, um, mm-hmm. mixture of MDs, DOs, um, anymore, the training's pretty much the same. Schooling-wise, uh, you know, we get more hands-on experience. For most people, when, I, when they ask me, well, what's, what's the difference between an MD and a DO? I pretty much tell them in the simplest terms, it's like an MD knowing how to do chiropractic manipulation. Um, actually, my understanding of the history of uh, chiropractic uh, care was it was started by um, a guy named Palmer, who was an actual osteopathic yeah. student right. who was more uh, in tune with just doing the hands-on medicine that was being taught in osteopathy. He didn't want to uh, deal with all the medicine side of things, so he 
went off and started his own uh, school called uh, Palmer Chiropractic. Right. And that is the, the offshoot of uh, osteopathy is chiropractic medicine. Yeah, that's pretty much the standard. But you hear people have graduated from Palmer College then of chiropractic, then you know that they have had probably the best training um, in their field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, actually, I have been in the Valley since 2001 versus 2002. Um, oh, is that right? Probably have 21 years of urgent care experience. When I finished my residency, well, after, I, I already updated your website because I said you've been practicing for 20 years. So you said 15 on the website. And then uh, it says on the web, better, it's a little typo there. It says 2001. But it's great. 2001. Well, maybe one, yeah, that's, no. that's how much we update our website. <laughs> it was that back when it was uh, first created. Yeah. You but yeah. I mean, I ever since I finished my residency program uh, in family medicine, I've, hell, I started doing urgent care moonlighting um, in my second year of residency, um, and I've always just done urgent care since then. So I've got 21 years of urgent care experience. Wow. It's kind of a niche wow. that I fell into. Um, family medicine just wasn't uh, what I wanted to get into after finishing my residency. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I always like kind of the uh, uh, walk-in, emergent, urgent type of medicine, uh, treat them and street them, if you will, but... Uh, we develop great relationships with a lot, lots of our patients that continue to return to see us. Yeah. Of course, see me as yeah. well as yeah. uh, my staff at East Main Medical. You Matt, bet. My PA has his own following that's starting. He's oh, is that right? Yeah. People love to come and see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, um, so I started East Main Medical in 2014 uh, after working at Bozeman Urgent Care since 2001. Right. Yes. Uh, the hospital came along and bought it in uh, 2014. And I just didn't want to work for the hospital. Yeah. Nothing against the hospital. I just, knowing what was going to happen to the urgent care, you know, basically the hospital buys it and they're going to run it the way they want to. And obviously that's their prerogative. Mm -hmm. I just uh, figured I would go off and do my own thing, give them a little competition, and it's been great ever since. I mean, no yeah, regrets. I haven't woken up one morning yet and thought, damn, I got to go to work today. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Would you mind pulling the microphone a little closer to you? Just go ahead. Just better. Yeah, better because you, well, you have, have to a tendency forward. to cut out. See, you don't have your headphone on. I got, I got the headphone on. I don't want to listen to my own voice. Oh, you, you'll, get, you'll get there <laughs> once we have a phone call. <laughs> Don't anybody call. <laughs> Send a text. Talk, talk to Jacobus. Send a text. Oh, yeah, that's oh, good. Oh, speaking of which, uh, I do need uh, oh, 20 to 30-minute updates from one of my staff members on the Wimbledon score, please. Oh, it's already over. Don't tell me that. You mean Serena Williams? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you, but it's already over. Get out of here. It started at 7. Well, it's over. I'm, right. not, I'm not going to tell you that. All right, don't, because if it's not what I want to hear, I might have to swear on. What do you want to hear? Serena won. Uh-oh. You're not telling me. Uh, you tell me. You you tell me. Uh, you don't want me to tell you. All right. See, somebody's going to call in. Maybe it's Matt who's going to tell you what the score is. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, boy. 
That would be funny. So now you have to put your headphones on, and now you're going to hear your own voice. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining Gesundheit with Jacobus today. You're on the phone with Dr. Peter Sikoski. What's your name? How can we help you? This is Clint. Hey, Clint. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, Pete. Oh, I know who this is. Yeah, it's my doctor. <laughs> He's a good doctor. Too, and well, good you're, you're still alive. You're still alive, Clint. Yeah, and yes, he's no I, spring chicken either. No. Yeah, I'm alive, and Pete's made me keep it, stay alive. Ah, uh, come on, Clint. Well, no. I'll tell you one thing about Pete Jacobus. Please. If there's something wrong with you, and he can look at you, and he can, he's a, he's a good diagnostician. He, he can look at you and tell you what the hell's the matter with you. And yeah. another thing is, if you need a small, little, small operation, he's damn good at that, too. Yeah, he did. He did my fingers. Yeah, he did my ago. ear, too. Oh, your ear? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, of course, you know, you squeeze on your ear, and you pretty soon it swells up, and the next thing you know, why you got to go to the doctor. Mm. But anyway, I just want to put in a good plug for Pete. Well, and thanks, his, Clint. And his, and your establishment is very well managed. Yes. You have a nice staff. I've met them. And I think that anybody that uh, has a little thing wrong with them well, should go see you. My son went and seen you over his uh, bladder and his infection stuff. Uh, uh, his first, I'll give you his first name. I won't mention it. No, uh, you better not say anything. Yeah. If your son yeah. hears this, he's going to be mad at you. Well, no, he ain't going to. His first name is Jim, big, tall guy, and he works down at the American Legion. Now, Pete knows who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he did a good job, Pete. He's, he's doing fine. Well, thanks for the kind words, Clint. Well, Appreciate it. Yeah, and and I'll tell you something. We need more of you. Well, and the one thing you said, too, is my staff is fantastic. They yeah. are. Uh, all of them. All, all of them. They're really good. And the thing is, you're like a family practitioner that was 40 years ago. You you look at a person, you don't send him to this other guy for another hundred and fifty dollars, or the next guy for another hundred and fifty. That's what they did with my wife Judy at the hospital. She sent her from one doctor to the other doctor to the other doctor, and pretty soon, pretty soon, it's a bunch of crap. When you can take a doctor like yourself and look at you, tell you what the hell's the matter with you? Why do you want to go see five more? Unless it's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll try to do my best. And I appreciate that, and I appreciate you, and I think everybody in this valley that should go see you there on East Main. All right. That's great, Clint. And I, I agree with you, Clint. I've been over there myself a few times. And uh, just walking in, the whole energy is very friendly. You just feel there's, there's just a very positive energy in the well, building. Well, it's like it used to be. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, God, he talks to you. He, you know, I'll he takes the something. time. He takes the time. I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to believe. My wife went up to see her doctor, Mr. Adams. Yeah. So I got a little nosy, as you know me, Jacobus. A little bit, yeah. I asked the guys there and the girl, how many patients a day do you average here that you see? Well, she says we have six or seven doctors and a few pra- nurse practitioners. And I says, well, okay, how many do you feel? Figure here. About two, over 200 a day. That's unreal. Okay, 200 times about 150, and then you got it. Yes. That's all I got to say. And Pete is reasonable, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a good job on you. He looks at you. He cares for you. And uh, I feel great about Pete. Well, that's, uh, those, are, those are very valuable words, uh, Clint. I really well, appreciate you called in. I'm 84 years old, and I've been to various different doctors in my life. And uh, this fella here is is a, is a is a prince. I'll tell you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad you said it was. And we'll see you later. Thank see you, Clint. Clint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Clint mentioned. Oh, I got to take these headphones off. They're driving me nuts. Oh yeah, you'll get used to them. Taking me a few. You years. know, Clint said um, kind of like it used to be, and 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 that's the vibe we try to you know give off there. Treat uh, others the way you want to be treated. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's. I mean, hell, that's the, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much any business, um, you know, people want to be, uh, you know, treated like they want to be treated. And, and that's the way you should do it. And, you know, we try to kind of have that old fashioned, you know, walk into the doctor's office, feel like, you know, everybody's glad that you're there. Um, they know you, they know you by name, you know, even though we're not a primary care family practice office. I mean, no. Lots of people now use walk-in uh, urgent cares as their source of, you know, go-to medicine because a lot of times you just can't get in to see your regular doctor if you've yeah. got something acute going on. Yeah. You know, you just got injured, you got some, you know, whether it's a wound that needs to be attended to or an orthopedic issue or you're just sick, you know, nobody wants to wait, you know, 10 days to 14 days to go see right. the doctor and they yeah. shouldn't have to. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, we try to make it, you know, a fun experience. I mean, there's many times, you know, at our office, the laughter, you know, that's coming out of the rooms and or with my office staff is just <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're having fun. We want our patients to have fun. But mostly, you know, we want to make sure that they're getting great health care yeah. at, at an affordable price. Yeah. I mean, health care shouldn't have to be as it expensive as it's become and certainly not the more simple stuff that you know we see in you know everyday walk-in medicine you you shouldn't have to pay 150 to 200 bucks coming in with a urinary tract infection because you know hell you already know you have one pretty much all you need is confirmation yes and, and a prescription yes you know and hell i feel guilty sometimes about what you know patients are being charged for simple straightforward healthcare. Yeah. Hell, I wouldn't want to pay that. So. You know, that is that's interesting. I think one of the biggest problems that people have is that um it's so expensive. It is it's almost you know, there's never a blue light special <laughs> at the doctor's office and people feel that they still walk out with more sometimes with more questions than when they walked in. And they still don't feel better. We're just going to be, you know, I've made jokes and I say doctors are in practice. They're still practicing. They're trying to make it right. And we call people uh, patients because they have to be very patient. They don't know yet if this is going to be success. So how do you come up with these words? I don't know. But I, I translate them literally and I say it's interesting that we called, we're called patients. And I feel that you pay I think part of the problem with the cost, it is what it is. And and a lot of it has to do with insurances and, and uh, liability and all that stuff. Um, but when you look at the cost of medication, that some people have medication that is five, seven, eight thousand dollars a month, and they're still not feeling better, but that's what they have to do. And they've been on it for 
a year, for five years, and they can't tell much of a difference, but that's what they're paying or the insurance pays and they just have their co-payment. And I tell people too, when they come to my store and they're looking for something and I say, always buy the small bottle and try it. You should be able to notice within a month to take enough for two weeks up to a month. You should notice something. If you notice, if you follow it the way the bottle says, or if I recommend that they take more or less or something, I still say, if you don't notice any difference in two to three weeks, nothing, not even 20% better, then this is not your product. They may have come in with the idea that, oh, I read all about it. This is what I want. If it doesn't work for you, then quit taking it. Quit spending your money on it. Get something else. Maybe something else will work better for you. The amount of people who are experimenting with medication and not seeing the results yet. Um, I was put on antibiotics when I came to you because of, and people said, oh, you're going antibiotics. Well, I had something from the ocean that affected me and my finger and and um, the recommendations from both you and the physician assistant, Matt, said the research shows that ocean ocean caused problems or fish or uh, rocks or moss or something doxycycline has shown to be the best effect now after six days my fingers the swelling had come down and there was no more pain and pressure so obviously whatever you gave me worked and i am not against taking medication but i think there should be a begin date and an end date and it doesn't seem that many people are taking medication for a, a certain period of time. I, I knew a gentleman, he was 92, and he uh, was blind. And he he happened to, and I may have told the story over here, but he had pain in his shoulder. He banged in as, as blind, being blind. He banged into one of the door frames, and it just hurt his shoulder. And he, um, he asked me if I had anything in the store to maybe put on that. So I suggested something, and he said, well, does that, does that affect my... Uh, my medication. I said, I looked at him and I said, what medication are you on at 92? And he said, blood pressure medication. I said, you have high blood pressure? I said, you're blind? You're laying on a couch listening to books on tape? I said, what What about high blood pressure? And he said, well, I don't know. That's what the doctor gave me. I said, how long have you been on this? And he kind of tilted his head to his wife and she said, how long have I been on this medication? She said, uh, 45 years. I said, you were 47. You were running a company. You had 2,000 employees. You're laying on a couch listening to books on tape. I don't think. I said, I would go back to that doctor and tell him you want to quit. And he kind of smiled and he said, well, I don't think he's alive anymore. <laughs> I said, well, but the, that kind of stuff, people go on medication. The average, United, the average U.S. person, people living in this country, over 65, the average person takes eight medications. Oh, after 65. So if somebody doesn't take them, like Clint, I don't know how many Clint takes, but I means somebody else is taking his pills. And and I think that is there has to be a stand, there has to be a limit, there has to be healing happening on a different level than just prescribing medication that costs a lot of money. Yeah. Well, I mean, and hey, there are people that need medications to Absolutely. control their health problems, but sure. yeah, we see lots of uh, people who probably are on two medications. We gotta go take a break. See, you don't have your headphone on, so you don't hear the music play. I got uh, 10 seconds. So we're going to be right back with Dr. Pete Sarkowski. We'll be right back.
So, here we are. Yes, we are. Dr. Good morning. Dr. Pete is with me, and uh, we started talking earlier. We have a caller patiently waiting, already doing the break. Good morning, caller. What is your name, please, and how can we help you? Hi, Jacobus. Hi, Dr. Pete. This is Betty. Hi, Betty. And hi, Betty. I'm just, hi. I'm just calling to tell people Dr. Pete is kind of a rare breed. He has common sense, um, wisdom, calm. I've gone to him about, on Eastman, about four years. He was instrumental in my mother living to be past 101. Wow. He oh, was I know who this is. Hey, <laughs> yeah, hey I hope my kids are listening to this. Um, he's just, I just can't say enough good about him. He's just, and the energy when you walk in his office, you hit on this, Jacobus. Yeah. It is full of calm, confidence. Uh, there's no greed there. It's just, he's a rare breed. Yeah, I can't I agree. say enough good about him. Okay, I, thank I you. Hey, thank you so Thanks, much, Betty. Betty. All the best to you. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. You know, I I um I didn't know that people are going to call in and give you compliments, but you really deserve them, because it is it, it really is there is a, there is something special about your clinic. Oh yeah, and I, I, I told and, these people to do this. Oh good, so the the next visit is free. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear it, Clint and Betty? Well, it's uh. It's really neat, and I know I have uh, somebody working at the store who comes to you on a regular basis, and uh, when she needs any help, and so I, I, um, I think that Betty is right when she says you're a rare breed because people get uh, there is always this hope when you go to a doctor, you hope to get the best treatment. In your case, you are giving your best to understand the person, and I think. A big difference is indeed the time, as Clint mentioned, 200 patients in a day between seven physicians. That's a lot of patients that you have to see. It's very difficult to even remember at the end of the shift who you saw at 8 o'clock or at 8.30. It's just difficult because you saw so many people you forget. And so to make that personal contact, you know when people walk in, you know who they are and um, uh, you, you, you remember. And like I said, you have a, like you said too, you have a good staff. It, it helps you. And I I highly recommend, folks, if you have something urgent care, something that bothers you, you just want to find out, go check them out at East Main Medical Clinic. If you uh, want to know, you want to you call them first, you can do so, as, of course. That is very easy. It's 587-3788, 587-3788. They're located uh, way on East Main Street. Uh, I, I always say the car wash because people say, oh, I know where the car wash is. Right. We're just up. The hill from Lindley Park on the right hand side, but (laughs) yeah, the the buggy bath car wash is kind of the uh, (laughs) landmark there. But many people kind of remember the building that I am is all the old diners that used to be in town. uh, It was East Side Diner. uh, Persnickety used to be there. Persnickety's was in there. Funny thing is, on your website, it still has the Persnickety logo next to your logo. Yeah, old Doug had to pull out of that, but I'm glad he did because we were able to expand into his. Yes, and it's made it a lot more. Now, you know, it, and, and I just wanted to touch on one thing, you know, um, you know, the primary care docs here in town, I mean, they've got their hands full, um, you know, primary care, family practice, internal medicine, um, whether you like to hear it or not, I mean, it's a volume driven business. I mean, there's not uh, a large amount of profit that is made by a doctor per patient visit visit, um, you know, in primary care because mm-hmm. cognitive medicine, meaning medicine that uh, is done by the doctor, you know, examining and using his brain power is not, uh, 
reimbursed as well as procedural medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're doing a procedure on somebody, a colonoscopy, or you're doing some surgical procedure. You know, that's where the money in medicine is being spent. Yeah. So those of us who are doing um, cognitive medicine, using our medical knowledge to diagnose mm-hmm. and treat, I mean, the reimbursements aren't high. So in order for doctors to, you know, cover their overhead and pay themselves, they've got to see a lot of patients. And of course, then, you know, from the patient standpoint is, you know, you don't want to feel like, you know, you're just being herded through or yes. you're just another number, yeah. Yeah. But, you know? And so, you know, am I a throwback? I don't know. I think all of us, you know, doctors do a pretty darn good job. Um, you know, we try to staff it to where um, you're not going to be rushed through. I mean, there are days in urgent care where you never know who's coming through the door, how many, you know, five mm-hmm. people can walk through the door At in once. a matter of, yeah, once or, you know, in a matter of a few minutes, and then you can be dead for two hours. So, yeah. you know, um, we try to staff it to where we've got time to spend time with our patients, listen to them. Um, we might not know what's going on right off the bat, but we're going to try to figure it out. And uh, if we can't figure it out, you know, right there on the spot, obviously, if it's not too acute, you we're going to do the research and we're going to find out for our patients. But but is know, it always walking or are people uh, uh, setting up appointments as well? Well, uh, we do um, a lot of physicals and we try to get those. I, we'll still take them on a walk-in base, basis, but we try to have people who are coming in uh, for physicals to come in when we're um, doubly staffed and primarily Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays is when we do a lot of physicals. Yes. In, in regards to physicals, um, I mean, we do wellness exams for people who, you know, just either don't have a doctor or can't get into their doctor. Um, we do a lot of uh, DOT physicals, sports physicals, travel physicals, um, mixed in with our walk-in urgent care. And when I say urgent care, you know, I can't call myself East Main Medical Clinic and urgent care because technically I don't have on-site x-ray. Okay. Although we do have a deal set up with Bridger Orthopedics uh, for x-rays where if somebody comes in with an orthopedic problem and I need to get an x-ray, yeah, I just write them a script. Uh, they go right up around the corner to Bridger Ortho East across from the hospital with yep. a script. They walk in, the x-ray's done, and I'm able to look at it on the computer. Mm-hmm. They don't need to see an orthopedist or, uh, you know, a to, inter- to interpret it. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, it's a pretty quick turnaround. Usually 20 minutes we can have them uh, up there and back at the office looking at the x-ray. But, that's amazing. I, that's what happened yeah, to me. So, uh, you know. And I don't have a full lab there either, although, you know, we either use um, the hospital lab or um, – an independent lab here in town for blood work. So, um, you know, I would say if anybody's having chest pain and they're thinking they're having a heart attack, don't come to East Main Medical Clinic. You go right up to the emergency room. Right. Um, we try to, you know, um, work up as much as we can, but we're not a full-blown urgent care. So sometimes if it's a little bit more serious, you know, you think it's a, a severe abdominal issue, um, the possibility of it being a heart attack, chest pain, you know, don't mess around. And in, in this day and age, I wouldn't even say go, I wouldn't even go to urgent care. I would just go up to the emergency room if you really feel that, you know, it's a serious uh, problem. Mm-hmm. But 
flip side is, I mean, we've had, uh, we've had people come in and, you know, having a heart attack right in my office. Yeah. In fact, I remember, uh, the first day, uh, Alex, my medical assistant, her first day on the job, um, young, healthy guy that I know in town, big time, uh, weightlifter, you know, the picture of good health, you know, came in just not feeling well. And, you know, and Alex clued me in as, you know, his heart was sounding a little bit irregular, you know, just kind of coming in with vague complaints of, I just don't feel well, hmm. you know, a little bit fatigued, you know, no chest pain, no shortness of breath. Hmm. Sure enough, you know, yeah, your heart doesn't sound right. Getting EKGs, having an acute MI right there. You know, we doing the call, EKG. Well, and yeah. you have that, you have yeah, that we equipment. Can, we yes. can do EKG, yeah. but you know, I mean, how we basically got him squatted up and into the cath lab within five minutes and saved I mean, his that, life probably. Yeah. Well, and you know, kudos to Alex for, you know, picking up, you know, a lot of times, you know, some, sometimes you just, you know, don't have a staff member that is, you know, attuned to what's going on with the patient. So, yes. I mean, yeah, that's true. Kudos to the staff that I have. I mean, we're pretty darn good down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. 522-8255. 522-TALK. If you have any need uh, for Dr. Sikoski's help at East Main Medical, go to eastmainmedical.com. Just check out the website. Read more about them. Read about the services that they have. We're going to discuss them during the program. Or give them a call at 587-3788. 587-3788. Uh, they're open today from 8 to 3. Uh, Fridays and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And they are they're participating with Blue Cross Blue Shield, Allegiance, Cigna, United Healthcare, Montana Health Co-op, many plans through First Choice Health Network. And they, you can always contact them to find out if your insurance company is is uh, is work is worked or works with them, and um, they accept all credit cards so and health savings accounts. Uh, let me add one thing to that. Uh, oh. Unfortunately, unfortunately, for <laughs> I haven't updated my website. We don't uh, participate with uh, Medicare or Medicaid plans, and that's because I do not have electronic health records down there. That's uh, mandated by the government to uh, have if you're going to participate in their health plan. Um, I'm sorry about that for a lot of people, but. Uh, the flip side is it allows me to keep my costs at a much lower rate. Does it really make such a difference? Oh, yeah. I mean, really? electronic health records are expensive. Huh. I mean, the, to you know, install them, institute them, use them, keep them updated, uh, all the HIPAA compliance that comes along with them, uh, it adds significant cost. It would be healthcare. a software program that you would have to purchase in order to do that. Yeah. Huh. And in in my opinion, it certainly slows the flow down in a walk-in urgent care setting. That's true too. Yeah, you you would have to hire an extra person in the office. Yeah. So I see that. Uh, I see that. Yeah. But there are you know four other uh, walk-in uh, places here in town that uh, do accept it. Is that right? Okay. Patients definitely have huh. uh, options. Mm-hmm. And that was a question that somebody at the store asked me. They said so. Um, how does it work indeed when you are not part of Bozeman Deaconess Health Group? Will Do you still have privileges in the hospital? I, I do know today Dr. Kurt Kurtz uh, 
is retiring in Belgrade. He is uh, he is loved by many, including myself, for everything that he has done for people. And he's going to have a goodbye party today. I hope I can make it. Um, but he was one who was told by the hospital he doesn't have the privileges to send people over or to however that works. I don't know. Maybe you can explain to me or to us what does it mean if you have hospital privileges? What does that mean? Well, I mean, for most primary care, back in the good old days, if you will, when doctors actually, you know, took care of their patients in the hospital, um, you know, somebody comes to your office and you feel like, uh-oh, something's going on here. We got to get you into the hospital. You need, uh, you know, let's say you need IV antibiotics or some other uh, hospital uh, procedure. Doctors could directly admit into the hospital. So having admitting privileges into the hospital means that, you know, typically you're on staff and you have been granted admitting privileges into the hospital. Most doctors, primary care doctors nowadays, um, don't even follow their patients in the hospital anymore because they have uh, a new specialty called hospitalists. Doctors who more or less uh, all they do is take care of inpatients. And, you know, that's not a bad thing because, you know, inpatient hospital medicine is, you know, complicated. Typically, anybody who's in the hospital is, uh, you know, more in an acute uh, situation. And, you know, a lot of times to get people in and out of the hospital, um, you want somebody who really knows how to manage, um, you know, either multiple uh, disease processes or something more serious in the most efficient manner. Okay. Hospital, hosp- staying in the hospital is expensive. I mean, it's yeah. not like it used to be. No. Um, so most, you know, typically urgent care walk-in uh, patients, if we feel that, look, this is serious, you need to be in the hospital, usually it's going to be through the emergency room that they will, you know, get the next step in evaluation and possibly admission to the hospital if it's, um, you know, thought necessary. Yeah. There have been times that, uh, in the past when we were at, uh, urgent care, Bozeman urgent care prior to it being owned by the hospital. Yes. Um, you know, there were a few times that we did, uh, direct admits through the hospital service, uh, the, uh, uh, the hospitalists, if you will. Yeah. Um, that were, uh, would agree based on the workup we did that they felt that, yeah, we can go ahead and just do the uh, direct admit. But, um, you know, most of the time, if we've got somebody that is, that we feel that, look, this is serious, we're either going to call their doctor. You bet. Uh, if they have one. Or the and, primary physician. Right. right. And usually they're, it's, they're pretty good about, okay, yes, yeah, send them on over. We'll take a look at them in the office and then yeah. do the admission if need be. Or, I mean, if I really feel somebody's serious and they need, you know, look, you need IVs right now. You need more of a workup than we can do here at East Main Medical. Yeah. We're going to send them up through the emergency room and typically we'll call up there, talk to the uh, ER doc and let them know what's coming up. And they're very appreciative. Okay. So that's really very easy yeah, working together and it's uh, and it should be that way. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But, you know, I, I asked you too, why did you decide not to work with the hospital? Why did you decide to go by yourself? Uh, you used the word competition. But at the same time, I think that um, you you kind of say this is uh, sometimes people want a choice. They they feel I don't want to go up there. I haven't had great experiences or whatever. 
they say, I just want to try something else. Like you said, you have different car dealerships, you have different types of cars people want to drive. It should be the same with uh, doctors. You should be able to say, I really want to go over there and, 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 and be treated or be helped. And that's kind of how you explained. Is that correct? Or was there another, was, is that, how would you explain it? If somebody's asking you, why are you not part of the Bozeman Deaconess Health Group? Well, uh, let's see. How do you say this politically correct here? Um, I have nothing against the, the hot. I have the wrong nothing station. <laughs> this is all politics on this station. <laughs> yeah. Is that what we're going to talk about today? Politics no, and religion? No, 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 no. Um, we need the hospital, you know, if there's just no doubt about it, we need the hospital, yeah. but my take on it is the hospital should not own everything in town. That's just not good. We don't allow monopolies in a lot of industries. I mean, yeah. there's laws against that. Yeah. Um, we don't want one phone company, you know, we don't want one guy selling cars in Bozeman and, you know, Personally, I welcome that uh, Billings Clinic is coming into town. Yeah. I mean, it's it's competition. It tends yeah. to drive quality up and prices down, and that's what uh, patients want. I mean, mm-hmm. well, nowadays, especially in my line of work, I mean, yes, they're patients, but primarily they're consumers. People have a choice. They don't like East May Medical. They've got the old urgent care I came from. They've got Bridger Ortho Urgent Care. they got zip clinic it's good to have those choices and i would say that you know i would rather operate in a system where people have those choice and they're coming to me because they feel that i give the best service and have the best price yeah you know and that's yeah i mean i want that for myself in in you know where as when i'm a consumer you know i want to have those choices I have to say, though, that when it comes to doctors, most people, when you go somewhere, they say, who is your primary care physician? So people already have a connection with the doctor. Very few times do I hear from customers who come to the store that they literally have told me over the years, I fired my doctor, I went somewhere else. Majority of people are with a doctor and they just, that's just a doctor and they go if they like him or her or not. They stay with it. Uh, they may have to go to a specialist, and that may be the only specialist in town, so they stay with them. If they like them or not, doesn't matter. They just stay with them. So I I do understand what you're saying, and, and, and in that aspect, you have the institution of the hospital that has so many different physicians. If people come to you, I would consider that more like a like a shop. Uh, you know, you I, you don't like the service in the store. You don't like what is being offered. You just go shop somewhere else. With the hospital, I have a feeling that people once they're in, it's it's very most people will just stay in. They're not going out. They're not saying, well, I'm I'm going to shop around for another doctor. They pretty much stay with it. And that is the uh, is that a good thing or not for some people? That's what they like. There are very few people who decide to change doctors. Well, I think most people have uh, faith in their doctor. I mean, I think most, I would say the doctors here in town do a good job and they do the best that they can. Yeah. Obviously, you're always going to have personality conflicts. Yeah. I don't like his bedside manner. Well, you don't have to stay with him or her. Yeah. Um, people have a choice. You know, the problem is once you're in a bigger system where, you know, they're all employed by the same, well, the hospital can you switch from doctor to doctor? They might not allow that. I don't know. There are still independent family practice groups here in town that are not owned by the hospital. 
Um, you know, so if somebody's, you know, up with one doctor and doesn't like it, they can always switch to somebody else. And I mean, that's not a bad thing. No, but, but, but case in point, I, I remember a gentleman and he has been going to his doctor for like 40 years and or for, for no, for 20, 25 years or so. And, um, but he was just not getting any better. He would come to me and say, what can you do for this? And said, what did your doctor say? And he says, well, you know, I just don't seem to get anywhere. I said, well, why don't you find another doctor? And he said, well, you know, he's become my friend and we play golf together and he's my physician. And I said, well, why don't you keep him as a golf buddy, but just find another doctor? <laughs> if That's important in my opinion. But for him, it was the, we know him, been family practitioner, He's taking care of myself and other people I know, and so we stick with him. But you're not seeing any change. And I say, you need to find somebody who can just give you a different point of view and uh, move on into a different direction because there are all kinds of directions when it comes to health. Health is very complicated. <laughs> it is very right. complicated. And it's, uh, it, there are so many connection points, you know, between, uh, between physical ailments that are related to stress, uh, uh, to an accident, a long-term trauma. Um, we, we need to understand, we need to have physicians like yourself. I mean, the compliments you're getting from the callers is pretty much that they say you actually listen. And Matt listens, your physician assistant, he listens. And they, that is what people are asking for. So they, they literally say, you know, I want somebody to, to hear what I say, get it, not just try to run through the protocols and just give me something, because sometimes it's not what you, that you, do, you don't need a product or a pill. You just need to have somebody who you can talk to and uh, to get it off your chest and to move on from there and get some tips. But anyway, we have an hour done. Uh, we have two hours to go. Dr. Peter Sikorsky from East Main Medical Clinic. We are going to be on until 11 o'clock, as I just mentioned to you. So please uh, stay put with us. So there is a lot more where we're coming from. When we come back, we're going to talk about all the services they provide with more details. So I appreciate you all tuning in today. It is Saturday, July 13. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Okay. Well, I don't know if this question is specifically for you. Uh, I'll bring it up. It says, are joint supplements effective? Far Eastern cultures consume far more animal cartilage. They have fewer joint issues. Comment. Glucosamine, chondroitin, sulfate. Maybe, I mean, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, the some of the orthos, um, you know, say give it a try. Um, give it three to six months to see if it's made a difference. I don't know. I mean... Hell, I'm 53 I, I, and I'm suffering from multiple uh, arthritic joints at this uh, point in my life from all the use and abuse that I've given it. Um, other than taking an occasional anti-inflammatory, I'm not taking any joint supplements. Um, but you also stay active. Yeah. Oh, you're, absolutely. you're an athlete. I can tell, but you're an athlete and you keep things moving. And I... I, uh, I, I by the way, folks, I suggested he'll try some magnesium and he said... I don't take any drugs. <laughs> well, when you were talking about muscle relaxers, I have all of that at You've my got a disposal. <laughs> As I said, I, I prescribe them. I don't take them. No, I, I, every uh, once in a while. Uh, yeah, if you want to try something different. Now, to, to answer the question, yes, Dr. Pete is correct. Uh, glucosamine chondroitin may work because a lot of research was done on that. Um, however, 
I tell people, you say six months. I tell people, if you cannot tell any change in three weeks, it's not your supplement. Uh, many times when we have joint pain, it could be cartilage damage. It can also be that the ligaments or tendons are stretched or tight and need to be worked on. And there are certain supplements you can use for that. If you have, uh, if uh, I usually recommend to people just start with the glucosamine if you have, feel you have arthritis. Do the glucosamine, do 1,500 milligrams a day, and I would use the one that was actually used in all the research, which is glucosamine sulfate, and the only company today that sells the actual patented product is uh, Natural Factors. And uh, if you buy a bottle of 90 capsules, that will be a month supply. It's $11.95 or $10.95, somewhere around that area. And I tell people do three a day. That gives you 1,500 milligram and do that for three weeks. And if you don't know any difference, if you cannot even tell 30%, 10%, 40%, it's not glucosamine that you need. And I have seen people who uh, used to, when the glucosamine came out, it was very popular with people uh, because this book was written about uh, from Dr. Theodorakis about the arthritis cure, and it was all about glucosamine and chondroitin, and people were taking it, and they say, yeah, I feel better. And I go, well, uh, what do you mean better? How long have you taken it? And I said, well, six years or so, and I said, and you you still feel okay or better or what? And he said, well, I don't know. I guess it's okay. Well, I said, well, don't take it anymore because it's if you cannot tell me that it's really better, then... Uh, it's not for you. But at the same time, if you take glucosamine chondroitin to alleviate the pain and to help rebuild cartilage, but you are you keep doing the same activity that has aggravated it to begin with, then don't expect miracles because you're going to have to make an adjustment somewhere. Either you, you relearn your technique of how you do your physical activity or you really give it a break for the body to heal. And uh, most of the people don't have time for that. Now, there is new information out about chicken cartilage that has been the chicken, chicken collagen number two has been very successful for people. We also see hyaluronic acid, hyaluronic acid. There is a good success with collagen, uh, collagen powder, bone broth, uh, the high proteins, but also they have the collagen producing, uh, they have the collagen in it that helps to produce the, the soft tissue. And uh, and the tendons and ligaments. There is a product called Wild Woodvine, which is amazing for any kind of ligament and tendon problem. So to answer the caller, it is a plethora of products that are available so far. And yes, they are effective. So to answer your question, are they effective? Yes. However, you need to find the one that works for you. So always start small. Try it for a few weeks. If you like what you feel, then you say. I got a 30% improvement. It's worth it for me. Maybe you want to add another product to it. Maybe the two products get you to 90%. Then keep finding what works for you. Drop the first one. Maybe you're good for 70% and you take one product and you feel good. It simply is a question of, um, it simply is a question of finding what works for you. One product doesn't work for everybody. And I would agree. I mean, start with something simple, yeah. um, non-invasive. Hey, it might work. And, it, you know, it might not. If your cartilage damage is to a point um, where the only thing that's going to clean it out is arthroscopic surgery or, I mean, there's been trials with uh, you know, the Synvisc, which is kind of a, a cartilage uh, supplement injected into the joint. Um, 
what I've seen is there's not uh, a lot of uh, significant improvement with it. Um, you know, unfortunately, we, we all wear out. And, you know, in this day and age, when things get so bad, uh, the only thing that typically well, can really fix it is joint replacement. But that's that's yeah, far down really the road. It. Yeah, yeah you, so. you try something simple first. And, you know, I mean, you don't want to live on anti-inflammatories, but sometimes they can really help, you know, get through the day. Um, I, supplements, agree. I totally try, agree with you. You know, trying what, you know, Jacobus um, says. And, you know, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, well, then you got to take the next step. Which Go to is, step two. That's yeah, right. Which is seeing your doctor. Um, if they feel that it's bad enough, uh, you need to see an orthopedist, then, you know, you go that route. But there is this controversy. What am I doing over here? Uh, there is also this controversy where people say just work through the pain. There are certain theories that say just work through the pain. And people do that and they get so used to the pain, they don't realize anymore that they have more pain than the, what they end up feeling. And Or they do take the anti-inflammatories whatever in whatever form and they just keep doing what they're doing. And really what your body is trying to tell you is stop doing what you're doing because you keep doing this. I keep causing you the pain. So I always talk to people and say, listen, if you have this pain, give it a rest. Number two, try something, re redo your technique, you know, your, your physical exercise, see a physical therapist, see a personal trainer, um, just get some help to redo what you're doing. Maybe you're doing it wrong. Um, take some supplements or an anti-inflammatory to get you through that cycle of retraining yourself and then let's start healing the body because in my opinion the body always wants to heal it wants to heal it has the capability it has the stem cell reservoir to start healing the body we just excuse me we just have to give it we have to give it the tools and we have to give it the thought and we have to give it the effort to 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 heal but if we keep working against it and we're type A personalities and keep moving along, or we have to compete somewhere and we say, well, we got to keep training three times a day and I don't care if there's pain, I just work my no pain, no gain, then you really damage yourself in the long run. That's well, you're I right. I mean, our bodies have the inherent capacity to, you know, heal. Um, that's the beauty of our, our system. Um, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's uh level of dealing with pain is different yeah. um you know if if you're the sole breadwinner out there and you got to go to work yeah. to bring home the bacon yeah um you know you got to suck it up and get out there and you yeah. got to do whatever you can do to um you know be able to get up that next work day and, and get your job done yes um, and you know what other choice do you have I, and I so agree. that's where you know you try to do simple supplements you know to at least see if it helps or, yeah. you know, take an anti-inflammatory. But again, if, you know, things just aren't getting any better or getting worse, then, you know, you've got no choice, you know, get yeah. in to see your doctor and, and take the next step. Yeah. Good morning, Caller. Thank you for holding on there. What is your name? How can we help you, please? Oh, my name's Connor. I was just calling to uh, say that, you know, I, I work hard every day. I do firewood and just constantly sore when I wake up the next day and everything like that. I used to, I mean, for like 10 years, 15 years, I've been buying the 500 counts of ibuprofen, the generic at Walmart, because that's the only way I can get through it. And you've had those guys about the U-capsules on your show multiple times. Yeah. The two things, I'll tell you this, Jacobus, that I switched. Last summer, I quit the sugar. 
I was drinking five or six sodas a day, huh. constantly. And I still have soda, like when I want to have a Captain and Coke, and I still have a can of Coke with my dinner almost every night. Huh. But I cut the sugar. Yes. And then I started taking those U those U pills, whatever they're called, from Bighorn Botanicals, yeah. Yeah. the capsules. Yeah. I only take two every morning. I called you a couple months ago and let you know how much I've noticed it. So I've been on them for four months since the middle of March. Wow. I have probably taken ibuprofen maybe two or three times simply because I had a headache. That's I impressive. don't touch it anymore, man. I yeah. wake up every morning. I'm not sore. I'm in a better mood. I have better energy. And I would just suggest people, if they're, if they're active and they've tried a bunch of other stuff, drop all that crap and try those capsules. I bought, I haven't even gone through the first 400 bottle yet. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not taking what it's saying. It says to take two capsules two to three times a day. That is it's primarily amazing, for, yeah, that is it, a, primarily for people who have uh, uh, possibly cancer. Or strong immune. It's cellular. Everything in your body is cellular. And yeah. if you, I mean, it's just amazing. I don't know what the difference is, but I, it's it's two and three and four and fivefold because I just tell you the stress and things that I've I've dealt with that I've just I let shit go. Sorry, I let stuff go that <laughs> I used to always just bother me all day long. And I I've changed nothing except cutting the sugar. And yeah. six months after that, I started those capsules. That's the wow. only thing I changed. Wow. So, People well, I'm glad to hear that you've uh, cut down on your use of uh, you ibuprofen. You put them on the front counter at your medical clinic and let people try it out. Yes. See if it just helps with things. It's amazing, mm. man. I've changed nothing else, and I'm 40 years old. Wow. And I've been eating the same way since I was 12 years old. So wow. Wow. That's all I've changed. So that's my advice. Well, thank you. That's all great, right. Connor. I appreciate right. the call. Yep. Bye-bye. That's the UTIP. It's so funny. You and I were talking about it for a little bit, and... uh it, it, that stuff just causes miracles. One of the things that I've seen is that if you just take two, they're really small capsules because if you do it, a quarter teaspoon, a quarter teaspoon of powder is equivalent to two capsules. So it's really s small capsules. Well, and there was a couple things with. Uh, let me make a couple points here. I mean, you know, when you hear somebody living on ibuprofen uh, on a daily basis or any other NSAID, a leave um, over the counter to that extent for that long a period of time, you worry about stomach and liver. Yeah. You know, gastric effects, the kidney. Um, so I'm glad that he was able to find something that, uh, was, you know, acting as an anti-inflammatory for yeah. him, but also, I mean, you know, was his diet totally sugar. Big difference. I mean, yeah. um, the inflammatory effects of some foods that, I mean, hell I'm finding that, you know, cutting out wheat and gluten in my diet uh, has made a difference as far as what I feel is some minor inflammation in yes, my body. Yes, so exactly. And you're not I'm the glad only to hear one. the yeah. caller find, found that type of relief. Hmm. Wow. Dr. Pete is owner and provider at East Main Medical, a walk-in clinic that is independent and a great service. He has a uh, is by himself. Then he has a physician assistant, Matt. He has a uh, nurse who is uh, Alex, Alex, and then he has a front lady, Oella. Oella, our office manager, is not there today. The front desk is being manned by our newest employee, Melissa. Who's, uh -huh. uh, she's just a crack up. She's delight. Good. And he, everybody that comes in just loves her. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, she's a <laughs> great laugh. You know, it's great that you also... Uh, being a good person and being a great physician that you attract the people that uh, that compliment you. You know, that is always uh, 
it's, it's always feels very fortunate when that happens. So, um, <laughs> Judy is texting me. She said, I'm listening. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. <laughs> well, you mentioned it earlier, always in boo-boos. That's our specialty. So always in boo-boos. There you go. <laughs> well, let me talk about with you about the, the services you explain. Uh, they're all explained on the website and, but I want to go through them. So do people have an idea how versatile you and your staff are when it comes to dealing with things. So one of them is uh, the Department of Tran- DOT Physicals, Department of Transportation, I take it, right? Correct. And what is NRCME, Registered DOT Provider? What does that mean? Well, let me see. Uh, I think it was back in 20, it was either 2013 or 2014, uh, the federal government more or less made it mandatory that uh, anybody who is now providing uh, DOT examinations has to become a uh, nationally registered uh, provider, oh. meaning we had to uh, do some special uh, continuing medical education and then sit and take a test to become certified to do uh, Department of Transportation physicals. Huh. So it's nationally registered commercial, no, uh, CME medical education. What is that? Oh, motor, let's see, national registry of, uh, (laughs) I don't even know what it means. But basically it means to do do, uh, DOT physicals uh, for both uh, federal and state. You have to be a registered DOT. So let me ask provider. you. Well, let me ask you. What what does a physical uh, contain for something like that? Because you also do sports physicals, and you do wellness exams. So what, for example, is different about a DOT uh, physical that you don't do for a sports physical or wellness exam? Well, all of them are head to toe physicals. I mean, obviously, a wellness exam is a little bit more in depth based on the patient female, male, uh, you know, their age, DOT exams come with their own, uh, you know, standard form. Okay. And, you know, basically the patient uh, checks off uh, their history on it, the questions that are asked. The big uh, screening for DOT exams is, you know, you want to make sure that who's ever behind uh, the wheel of that commercial vehicle, whether it be a a van uh, carrying passengers or a 18 wheeler is is healthy and is not going to have some type of medical issue yeah. mm-hmm. that could put them or anybody else on the road at risk. Uh, you know, I think um, there were a few incidents um, that happened uh, sometime here in the 2000s that got the feds looking at it to where uh, you know a, a truck driver had a heart attack. Uh, you know, behind the wheel and uh, killed some people. And they started looking uh, back uh, through his health history and saw that there were many things that were kind of either missed or glanced over. And they more or less said that, look, this has got to be a little bit more, uh, you know, regimented and, and stringent on the requirements. So, you know, obviously if somebody's got uh, insulin requiring diabetes, um, it's a big deal. I mean, they could have uh, you know severe insulin reaction, go hypoglycemic, become unconscious behind the wheel. You know, if somebody's got really bad coronary artery disease or out of control hypertension. You know, they don't want to have uh, somebody having a medical emergency behind the wheel of their eighteen wheeler. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's just just become a little bit more uh, 
I mean, it is more regulate. than just uh, stick out your tongue and take your blood pressure, right. and uh, it's more than that. It's uh, uh, you really you really check a person head no, to toe. Hearing, vision, hearing, um, vision. Okay, you know, we do. Uh, they have to provide a urine sample to make sure they don't have sugar in their uh, urine. Yeah. Diabetes screening, um, protein. Make sure their uh, high blood pressure is not out of control, causing uh, nephropathy. Yes. Huh. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we do lots of those. A lot, a lot of the companies here in town uh, use this for um, their DOT. It is, it is a tough job to be a, a, a commercial driver. I mean, I, I'm always impressed with those people, how they maneuver that thing, those, those trucks. And, uh, but at the same time, many of them are very overweight because they sit for many hours and don't get enough exercise. And they get out at the Greasy Spoon Diner. and you know. Yeah. So that should show up somehow in their that should show up somehow in the blood test, I would say. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, so for out-of-control hypertension, you know, you're going to be spilling protein in your urine. If you do have diabetes, um, typically you're going to start spilling sugar into your urine, um, which if we find those things, then obviously uh, they don't pass until they get further evaluation. All right. Well, I have a caller on hold. Caller, I'm so sorry. We're hitting the break. And uh, would you please hang on? And then we'll get you as soon as we start our next segment. It's a hard break coming up. We can't stop it. Folks, uh, Dr. Pete Sikorsky with me in the studio. We will be right back. Caller, good morning. Thanks for joining the show today. What's your name? How can we help you? Hi, this is Carol. Hey, Carol. Good morning to you. Good morning, dear. So I just wanted to talk about two products that you haven't mentioned yet. I think, though, that you're right. Diet eliminating sugar is the best thing you can do. But there's two products that I'm, I've worked with. Called, one's called Avazia, and this is an electromagnetic stimulation approved by the FDA for chronic pain. Oh. So if you just go to avazia.com, it's an amazing company with an amazing story. A-V-A-S-I-A. No, A V A Z Z I A. Z Z I A. Okay. Right, right, and it's it's distributed all over the world. They have more they have more approvals in the EU than they do in the U.S., but they do have FDA huh. clearance for chronic pain. Fabulous. And then they also have one for facelift, which is what I use it for. But <laughs> yeah, that's a whole that's another show. Sure. So, and then the other one is called Sierra Sil. S I E R R A S I L. I worked with this company on and off for 20-plus years. They did clinical trials on arthritis with very strong success, and it works in seven days. So Yeah, that's great stuff. I, I remember we used to carry the Seattle Sill. And you still can if you want to. You bet. Well, that's good. I'm glad uh, you, you remind me of that one uh, because, I don't I, know, people, it, it was such a rush uh, at the time for the glucosamine and the um, the collagen and the hyaluronic acid, and I, I think that it kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, you need to know why you come in, so I'm glad that you bring that up again. All right, my dear. You do a great job, and um, I didn't hear the beginning of the show. What type of doctor is Dr. Pete? Uh, I'm an urgent care physician. Uh, what kind of urgent care? So you're an MD? I'm actually a DO. Wonderful. That's even better. Glad you think. Do you have a practice in Bozeman? Yeah, East May Medical Clinic. Uh, it's a walk-in practice uh, or walk-in urgent care. Uh, I don't do family medicine there, meaning I'm not a primary care physician, but 
we pretty much take care of uh, everything across the board. And if we can't uh, handle it, we get you where you need to go. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Pete. Thank Great you. Show. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. You guys have a wonderful day. Blessings. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, so, yes, for those of you who did miss the beginning of the show, Dr. Pete is owner and provider of East Main Medical. He has a physician assistant. He has a nurse. He has front uh, desk people, uh, office manager, uh, O-O-L-A. And, right. now, and now there is uh, Melissa is new. Right? Melissa's man in the ship today. There you go. And so the, uh, the the gamut of uh, treatments that he has besides doing physical, sports physicals, wellness exams, he treats upper respiratory infections, allergies, uh, allergic reactions, pharyngitis, tonsillitis, mononucleosis, skin conditions, tendonitis, bursitis, sprains, strains, wound care, and stitches, minor dermatological surgical procedures, which he did on my fingers, uh, including wart treatment, ingrown toenail removal, benign skin lesion removal, and they even have some limited on-site laboratory services uh, for strap, rapid influenza, uh, monospot, urinalysis, H. pylori, and there are additional tests that are being sent out. And that is part of the part of the spectrum of uh, services that you provide. But anybody is welcome to walk in and uh, to to just ask if they have a certain physical ailment or something that worries them, to just ask if you can help them with that. And it, and, and I have to say, it is, I was, the first time I was shocked to see that it wasn't very expensive because I expected to to, uh, to spend my retirement over there and uh, it wasn't. It was very inexpensive and your service is great and I tell you that uh, depending how busy they are, they really spend the time with you. If it is, takes a half hour, it takes a half hour or longer, whatever is needed. And they come in and they, they check you over, ask questions. Uh, Matt asked me all kinds of questions. Alex came in first and took my blood pressure after I just had two shots of espresso and uh, <laughs> was a little worried about the heart, the heart rate going up. <laughs> and I think you still passed. <laughs> yeah. Then the other one, I was 110 over 70 or something. And they said, okay, well, it's all good. After I had a glass of water, when another time I came in. So uh, does uh, coffee raise blood pressure? Uh, not on everybody. And me, it does. But I like it. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, I, but I'm uh, usually good. I, I can get a half a pot in me in the morning. I'm still uh, okay. <laughs> it didn't work for me. But in any case, I, I was just amazed. Uh, I mean, Matt is asking me all these questions and simple to answer and uh, then he he said that eh, sounds like this and this and this and then if necessary they confer with each other and come up with a solution and you came in the in the room and uh, and asked some questions and so you get this full service at East Main Medical that you never feel you're a, you're a patient you never feel you're inferior they just you really treat you as a person as somebody who has complaints like we all have complaints at times and uh, they try you try to get to the bottom of it, and I really appreciate that. And I do hope that people, if you don't know, and and I, you know, because Bozeman Deacon is, is so busy and so active and promoting and this and that, which is fine. We sometimes forget the private entrepreneurs, so to say, who say, you know what, I can provide service for you, and we do a lot of good stuff. You're in and out before you know it, and. If there is any issues, we send you on to the to the next specialist or to Deaconess Hospital uh, if that's what we feel you need. So I um, I highly recommend uh, try East Main Medical. And if you need to know, they're right across, they're slightly up the hill from Lindley Park, 
or across from Scrubby's Car Wash over there, Buggy's the Buggy's Car Wash. Buggy Bath. Buggy Bath. And then it's eastmainmedical.com, eastmainmedical.com, and the telephone number 587-3788. If you have anything going on right now, little infections, whatever, you want to have their help, go to see them today till from 8 to 3 p.m. And tell them Jacobus sent you Jacobus. $10 off your There visit. you go. That's true. That's right. First yes. time. That's another thing. Yeah. The, anytime uh, somebody comes in as the first time, we always give them a $10 uh, off discount as a first patient. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah, we try to be affordable. Uh, I would say that, you know, my research shows that uh, I'm about close to half the price of pretty much everybody else in town uh, for the same type of walk-in service. Yeah. Um, not always, but... I can almost guarantee you will be cheaper, but you know we we try to make it affordable. Yes, I I think that when I walk in, it's been about ninety dollars a visit, and if you uh, up to one hundred and twenty, and it's been you know, um, and then if you take the coupon, we have them at the store by the way at Gazuntite. We have the little pamphlets. You can take one, and then when you go, you just take it. You get ten dollars off, so that is a pretty good deal. Yeah, I would say our average office visit um, is about ninety to a hundred bucks. I mean, procedural things, if you have to come in and get stitches or um, you know, we have to send you up for x-rays, obviously there's added cost to that, but we yeah. still try to keep it uh, much more affordable than uh, a lot of other places in town. Yeah. Okay. And, Perfect. you know, I mean, we uh, you know, we run the gamut of uh, things that uh, we see there. I mean, pretty much any body system, um, you know, something can go wrong with it. Uh, we try to handle it. You know, jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, and if we can't uh, get it figured out, um, we'll get you uh, hopefully an answer or at least uh, get you where you need to go. And there are times that people come in and, you know, right from the get go, we just tell them, look, this is not the right place for you. Um, you know, hell, I'll even bring them back and do a quick uh, eval just to make sure that I'm telling them the right thing. But, you know, you can get them out of there and, and get them to where they need to be at certainly at no cost to them. I'm not going to charge them. Uh, Basically, Something to tell them do. I didn't do, you know, I didn't yeah. do anything for you. I'm not going to charge you for it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, give us a give us a try. We'll definitely see if we can help you. Yeah, that's good. Uh, there was a text. I, I can give the answer, but I'm going to let you answer it. Does Dr. Pete's office accept Medicare? Uh, that is a no. Mm -hmm. And explain us again why. Well, uh, Medicare and Medicaid, uh, the two government insurances, require electronic health records. Uh, I'm a throwback. You're going to see me with a paper chart in hand. Um, you're going to see me looking at you the whole time versus my back to you, you know, pounding on a keyboard. Um, I do that because one, I don't, uh, I don't like electronic health records. I don't think they do anything for, uh, you know, doctor patient, uh, interaction. And certainly it doesn't really add anything, especially in, uh, urgent care settings. Primary care in the hospitals, it's a, it's a different uh, gamut. But the cost of having an electronic healthcare system is uh, pretty significant and it basically adds to the overhead and then I have to charge higher prices to everybody else. There are four other walk-ins uh, in this town in Bozeman proper that do take it. So um, people have choices. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm running my business 
with a low overhead so I can pass cost savings on to the patients that do come in. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I have my own thoughts about some of these things, and um, maybe we get to it. I want to ask you, still confusing, what is the difference between a strain and a sprain? I think one has to do with swelling, and one of one is on the muscle, and one is on the ligaments or something. What Typically, we use sprains to describe ligamentous injuries to joints. Um, ligaments injuries to joints is a sprain, and that's the way I use the term sprain strain. Okay. You might have a sprain, strained muscle, which is uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, a minor injury to a muscle that might uh, involve uh, stretching or, uh, you know, even mild tearing um, mm -hmm. versus uh, sprains that we use to uh, describe uh, injuries to ligaments. And they're graded. Um, you know, you can have a mild stretch to a ligament. You can have a partial tear to a ligament or you can have a complete uh, disruption of the ligament. Um yeah, the the term for the most part is used a lot of times interchangeably, interchangeably but I mainly use uh, the term sprains to ligaments and uh, joints and strains to muscles. I see. So strains is to muscle and sprains is more dealing with ligaments. That's my version. No, no, that's good. I just Somebody uh, out there might say, no, no, that's not right, but hey. Not that big of a deal. Well, I just I because it is on your website, and I go, what again is the difference? Because sometimes I say, well, I got a strain. Okay, I, I that sounds bad. So I guess you have pain, but what what does it mean? So I, that's why I thought I ask it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a great question. <laughs> okay, so uh, question: We see more and more people with with a chronic disease, uh, in spite of all the improvement in health in this country and the rising cost of healthcare, and a lot of people participating in it, we see still cardiac problems on the rise, cancer on the rise, um, arthritis on the rise, Alzheimer's on the rise, um, autoimmunity, Hashimoto's, uh, vitiligo, lupus. Uh, all these are on the rise. You you have a certain feeling why that is. Uh, you, we, you and I were talking before, and you say, you know, I do see that there are causes of things where we are just not disciplined enough in our own life, self-care, that can trigger a eventually chronic disease. Would you like to explain that, please? Well, uh, you know, hell. The world's a more toxic place now than it, it's ever been. Sure. Um, you know, the amount of, uh, well, let's just say the foods we eat, the air we breathe, you know, what we're taking in, lack of exercise. I mean, it, it's multifactorial. And, you know, there are people that have uh, superior genetics that go through this uh, world that, uh, you know, they have no problems. There are some of us that are born with underlying let's just say bad luck genetics and, you know, we have disease states, but, um, I would say, you know, based on you know, my experience, um, you know, I, I don't think most Americans, uh, eat well, uh, their diet is horrible. They're probably not getting enough exercise. You know, 
smoking is still prevalent out there. Too much is alcohol. Is that right? You still smoking is still um is it not really coming down as far as percentages is concerned, or is it uh, you still feel well? Maybe we're lucky over here that not too many people smoke, at yeah, least I mean, in public places. But I think in the bigger cities, Bozeman sure. compared to hell, I just went back to Western New York for my high school reunion. Huh. You go back there, you know, people are eating chicken wings, pizza at the bars, drinking, smoking. You go outside the bar, there's always five or six people outside smoking. I mean. It, it's not like it was back in, you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I yeah. mean, smoking has declined, uh, Declined, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, it's still out there. And, mm-hmm. and again, I mean, people, uh, it, it's a toxic world. It's a stressful world. It is. Suffer to, you know, get ahead nowadays. And so you add, uh, you know, stressors on top of that. You know, people just were not as well. I mean, we're, we're eating more processed foods. How many people are, you know, growing their own food in their own garden and eating fresh vegetables? I mean, everything seems to be processed. I mean, the most affordable foods seem to be the prepackaged and processed foods that people rely on. You know, well, uh, I mean, it probably has less nutrients and more preservatives and everything else in it. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think we just live in more toxic, yeah, stressful I, I, world and it, it takes a toll on our health. Plus, uh, we have this feeling that we have to feed the world. You know, so you have to, it's all about yield. So how much can we produce every every year and, and get a good price for it and survive on our own and put money aside for eventual retirement? And I think, therefore, that the overspraying of the soils and of the crops has depleted of of essential minerals, and minerals are so important as far as enzymatic functions in the body are concerned that uh, we we eat food that looks like the right food. I mean, if you look at harvesting products, they they look they're not even done yet; they're really not ready. Then they go into these, these cool houses, warehouses, and they're sitting over there. Then they're being shipped wherever they go, and then they still have to go on your shelf and sit there for a week or two before you finally get it. Or they have like so many cases of tomatoes. Well, these tomatoes cannot look red yet because if they look red, they're going to be done right. and we don't sell enough. So you see that the whole procedure of not only producing food that makes it look good, but when we harvest it, when it's not done yet, it's almost like having a premature baby. You know, they're not ready yet. <laughs> you know, they're not ready. And so here you have all these premature vegetables that are already shipped to, to, to stores. And then held over there till they look good enough to to serve, and then you still have them in your house for a week. So the nutrients, just like you say, if you don't grow your own vegetables, then you know it. It oh, vegetables, sorry. Uh, then you are. Uh, are you really getting all the nutrients in there, or is the soil depleted because we try to overproduce in order to feed everybody? And I think, therefore, that over time, over generations, we have started to lose certain nutrients that are essential now. Um, on top of that, in the last 50 years, if you look at the changes that we have gone through in, in, in electronics, but also in technology and more research, and the researchers are, many researchers are simply justifying their, uh, their product based on their own research and that they at some point just had to approve and, and get through the whole system so that they could start making money on it. So when people buy processed food, it, it may look like 
the right food. But if you actually look at the nutrients, and luckily we have all these uh, labels that you have to put on it, so at least you can read it. But yeah, but how many people? Do? How many people do that? That's right. And so I, and the other thing that I I find is that people used to be able to to have a lunch break and go home and and have lunch, or they would go somewhere and really enjoy a lunch. Today. People are so busy and they use the, the, the lunch break to run to the gym to get some exercises in. And then they eat on the way back to the office. They, they scarf down some sandwich or whatever they eat and then they go back to work. None of that is healthy. Food is seen not as a essential fuel for the body and the mind. It is literally seen as well something I need because I crave it. And, and most things that we eat, <clears throat> as soon as they hit the tongue, they, they nourish the brain. The brain says, okay, I taste it. Oh, that tastes really good. I'm ready to go again. Because if our blood sugar drops, it usually means the brain is running out of sugar and we start getting a little jittery and we get a little irritable, uh, hangry, right, is what they call it. And so they want to eat something. But if you actually were to nourish the body, and, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this, but it takes about two hours when you eat something, when you chew it and you eat it, cook it, etc., when it goes into the digestive system, before it is broken down, before it actually gets in the bloodstream and goes to your cells and gets absorbed by the cells and does something. So who has time for that? Well, Just you take know, something I mean, that it, tastes good. People's mindset of food and how they use it. Obviously, we don't work as hard physically as we used to. More people True. sit at desks. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, are, yeah. You know, hitting keyboards and looking sure. at their computers versus doing manual labor. Yeah, you know, is that a bad thing? Well, no. I mean, manual labor is hard, but we're not burning as many calories. Um, you know, we tend to rely on processed foods more than going home and preparing meals like we used to. You know, people's people use food as know, a drug. People use uh, stress yeah. eat. I mean, that's yeah. that's their. Um, you know, de-stressor. Um, obviously, we, as a nation, on a whole, we eat way too much food. You know, I mean, the obesity rates in this country are ridiculous. Yeah. Just walking through Chicago O'Hare Airport, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm just looking at, oh my god, wow, we are an unhealthy society. Huh. Uh, the amount of obesity, the amount of people that are being wheeled through the airport yeah. because they can't walk from, yeah. you know, one side to the other. Um, yeah. You know, and and then you, you hear people who, you know, talk about food as, you know, the enjoyment aspects of fine dining and all that. Well, I mean, that's fine on a, you know, occasional basis. But, I mean, if you're, you know, a so-called foodie who's out eating rich foods every night and not getting enough exercise, yeah, you know, you're going to develop I problems agree. with, you know, coronary artery disease or hypertension or diabetes, or at least put yourself at risk. Not to say that you will, but, you know, it's, it's just our relationship with food in this country mm -hmm. and lack of exercise. I mean, it, you know, lifestyle... Most disease states that we see coming in, um, as well as cost to the, uh, yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll carry this. Well, let's carry this into the next, uh, <laughs> next segment, folks. Uh, Dr. Pete Sakoski, East Main Medical. We will be right back after the break. Stay tuned. Uh, I just have enjoyed already the first two hours with him. 
because we talk about all kinds of stuff that he has done and his own philosophy. Uh, he's a doctor in osteopathy. People say, what is that? That is a medical doctor, goes to medical school, all the medical training uh, he can do, is all the priv- privileges and duties of a regular medical doctor, except that he has added the physical manipulation, such as chiropractic care, into his work. So he really understands the body and how it functions better than most medical doctors who have either become a GP or a specialist. He has, they have specialized in understanding the body, the whole anatomy and how it works and how it all pieces together. So if there is something physically that needs to be adjusted, a doctor in osteopathy could help you with that uh, very well. And, and, and I do know there are doctors in osteopathy in the, uh, in the, uh, Bozeman Deaconess Health Group, but they're so pushed into, uh, they only have so much time with you and, I, I have heard that they're sometimes frustrated because they don't have the time to really work with the patients at, at a level that they feel they need. And I think, Dr. Pete, one of the reasons why you started your clinic is that you said, I need to have that eye-to-eye contact. I need to understand. I want to ask the questions based on what I hear and so that I can help them, help people. We all have a blind side. And so when you go to the doctor, there is, we already know everything, right? And then... Dr. Uh, Google or WebMD. Yeah, that, but we there are certain things we don't see, but I know that you as a physician, by listening to the person and, and, and you, your mind is going through everything in your little computer in your head, what am I hearing this person say that they haven't answered yet? Or what is it? And you may just ask that one question or give that one comment that people say, oh my God, I haven't thought about that. And sometimes that could be the answer, that could be the key to the successful road to healing. And that is something that just impresses me, how people like yourself are able to do that. So uh, like Clint said, your diagnostic is awesome, Uh, you know, understanding the body. Matt is also great. He comes up with all kinds of uh, suggestions, like how about this, how about that. But asking questions, you get a lot of answers. And that is what, when you talk about Medicare, Medicaid, that you don't work with that because the electronic uh, uh, data system that you have to do, you don't want to walk in an office and just look at computers and type everything in computers, which I've seen visiting the hospital. Literally, the nurses walk in and they they, they, they clean their hands and then they walk up to their computer. They don't even admire, they have the time to barely acknowledge that you're laying in bed and they just go on that computer and do whatever they need to do and turn it on, turn it off, whatever, and and it almost seems the contact is gone. Sometimes just ask a question, how are you feeling? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's the way I want to practice medicine. I, just, I don't want to deal with a computer in that uh, direct patient-to-doctor uh, interaction. Yeah. So I, I just don't think it adds anything, especially in the you know, walk-in. Or in the setting that you have, yes. And just to, you know, yes, I am a DO. Uh, I don't do too much hands-on manipulation. Uh, certainly when we go through, uh, school, um, you know, we have to practice it a lot. I can do some, but I think the one thing that you'll find with, uh, osteopaths are we're not afraid to put our hands on you and use, uh, touch and, uh, manipulation as well as, you know, palpating tissues. We're just more, uh, in tune to um, using our hands in a diagnostic uh, approach and setting. Correct. Because if you understand the body that good and you have felt the body, 
you know that if you hear people explain about a pain, you know where to put your fingers and hands and say, yeah. okay, this is what I feel. And that is uh, often missing. We, 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 we need the personal contact, but we also need somebody who says, oh, I feel exactly what you're saying. There is a swelling. I feel it's warm. It's it definitely inflamed. Um, you know, it helps in, 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 in creating a diagnosis. It helps in uh, getting a cl- more clear picture of the, in, uh, the individual. And, and again, people will tell you what they feel. And that well, is, and I think people like to have that, you know, hands-on personal touch. And we work with some, uh, both pre-med students, medical students, and, and residents. Okay. Um, sometimes, and you know, I'll tell them, put your hands on the patient. Don't be afraid to touch him. You know, holding onto your stethoscope and touching the patient with your stethoscope is not the same as actual hands-on. Yeah. Uh, when you come up to a patient, don't be afraid to, you know, you know, put your hand on their shoulder and, you know, talk to them and to let them know that, you you know, you're engaged into their problem. The one-on-one yeah. contact. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, uh, we were talking before, people like that personal contact and uh, both uh, verbally and also physically and emotional contact. And so many people are buying over the internet today, but I still see that people enjoy that one-on-one contact, walking in the store, touching the product, uh, communicating, asking questions to somebody who works there. Um, I cannot control people walking into my store and just asking away and then walking out and then buying it on, on Amazon. Uh, I can't control that. But I, I have seen over the years that there has been great support for what we do at our store because there is this need and desire and appreciation for having looking you in the eye and just communicating and just be able to ask questions how silly you think they are. No question is silly. It is just that if you don't know the answer, everything is a good question, right? In my well, opinion. whether it's, you know, doctor-patient interaction or uh, retail setting, it's customer service. Customer service. Treat people like you want to be treated. Yeah, 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 that's true. So we were talking uh, before the break uh, about the the influx in seemingly chronic diseases, and you and I had a little bit of a talk yesterday in your office. And I, or yesterday it was yesterday, I think. Yes, I don't know. I remember. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Do you have anything that can help with memory down <laughs> we, at your store? <laughs> we do, we do, we do. <laughs> oh, question: uh, Does the doctor do annual exams for either men or women? Uh, yes, uh, in regards to, uh, female exams, uh, we tend not to do pelvic exams there. I'm not set up to do pap smears. I mean, most women have, uh, an OBGYN that they, uh, follow up, but yeah, we can do, um, annual exams on women devoid of, you know, the pelvics down there. Um, certainly order a mammogram if you need it, a colonoscopy if you're really? that age. Really? You do colonoscopies? I don't do them, but oh. I can order them. Okay. That's all done up at the hospital. Um, and, and, you know, any blood work you might need based on your age. Okay, but then then, then run this through me. You you don't do pelvic exam pap smears. You're well, not set in, up in, for it. But in, what, in what an is... acute setting, if somebody's coming in with the possibility of a sexually transmitted um, illness, we can do a pelvic there. But part of a wellness exam... Uh, for a lot of women is to do a pap smear. Correct. I don't have uh, that uh, You need the, the lab equipment. with it, yes. Well, and it's it's still a send-out. But, again, that's 
That's more primary care. Okay. I'm not a primary care physician. Yeah, not a primary care physician. Um, how about uh, then men and uh, actual exam of annual exam? Uh, what what are something like that if people want to do a wellness exam? So you do blood pressure, you check their vision, you check their throat, you check the skin. Um, it's a head to toe physical. Head to toe, yeah, yeah. But that 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 to me sounds uh, very um, generic. Very Yes. All right. Well, I basically, I mean, we're looking for any disease processes from the top of your head down to your toes. Um, you know, yeah, we're going to. How many are you checking? The skin? Are you looking for absolutely. skin tags? Are you looking? I mean, skin cancer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you look for all that. Um, do you, uh, I don't know, head to toe. I mean, what does that to do on the toes? Well, you know, uh, let's <laughs> just start. You know, how's your vision? Okay. You know, we're looking at the eyes. We're looking in the nose. We're looking in the mouth. Okay. Sure. You know, teeth are in good repair. Make sure okay. there's no oral cancers. We're looking in your ears. Really? I mean, I can't tell you how many ears I end up cleaning out of cerumen impaction. Yeah. I mean, so what? And, and it, what impaction? Wax. Oh, wax. Wax in the ear. How would you call that? Cerumen. Cerumen yeah. impaction. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. All right. Here's a great story. So I'm working at an urgent care in Ohio after my residency, and this woman, well, probably in her 50s, brings her 80 year old mother in for a cold yeah and so you know, i walk into the room and you know the little old lady sitting up on the exam table, table and I, I basically introduce myself and the daughter over in the chair says you have to yell because mom's deaf and i'm like oh okay you know, so i'm yelling hi i'm dr Sykoski and all this and so i start examining her well, i mean the first thing i look in is her ears full of wax oh, i spent probably a half hour cleaning her ears out and you know she can hear again and then she'd been like this for I don't know, I think three or four years. And no they just way. assumed that, she was well, mom's getting old and, you know, she's lost her hearing. Oh, my goodness. You know, she didn't doctor much. And, you know, they're sitting there crying afterwards. You would have thought I, you know, <laughs> cured blindness or something. <laughs> I mean, it was it was great. A yeah, simple thing like that. But, you know, I mean, how many times do I see pa uh, patients here in town that, you know, well, I just went to my doctor two weeks ago and, you know, I'm not any better. Well. I look in their ears and I can't even see their eardrum. And I'm like, well, how come you didn't get your ears cleaned out? Well, the doctor never, you know, said anything. Simple fix. Five yeah. minutes, get the yeah. ears cleaned out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just a little aside. I don't even know why I brought it, brought it up. Okay. Oh, yeah. Part of our physical. Yeah. So, so yeah. That, I mean, so now we're, go, we're going on down. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, looking in the throat, checking out the neck for swollen lymph nodes okay. or abnormal uh, lymph nodes that might, you know, be a sign of cancer lymphoma okay uh, looking at the thyroid listening to the lungs the heart the how do abdomen. you look at the thyroid you feel it well, palpate the, okay. well you can both look to see if sure. there's any swelling or right. a mass palpate goiter mm -hmm. yeah um or an abnormal thyroid you know mass it could be a tumor growing okay um you know listening. do people already complaining about sore throat or that the voice is hoarse or something like that that you say mm, i better check that thyroid well i mean you know you know again Part of a normal exam is just to check everything out. I mean, you got to listen. Yeah, to you got to be. Saying. You know, it's a it's a comprehensive physical. So yeah. you're, but, you're looking mean, at all. You do it all the time, but yeah. I don't know what it entails. So I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. So well, then, then we're, we're the neck. Well, we're okay. just heading on down from the neck. I so mean, we're the shoulders. Are we doing anything? Well, uh, lifting arms and well, joint well, and checking all that. I do a musculoskeletal exam. Okay. As as a whole. Yeah. Um, at the end, but yeah, um, yeah I mean. Heart, lungs, abdomen, feel yeah. for abnormal masses. Um, you know, making sure the liver's uh, not enlarged. By the way, how loud is that stethoscope that you? I mean, really, you hear that that good? 
Is that we like kadung kadung kadung? Is that what you hear? I don't know. No, I've never listened to one of them. I'm not a doctor. They never <laughs> well, give the me one of them. Well, the next time you're in, I'll let you listen. Yeah, we can clean my ears good. first. Exactly. <laughs> no, well, seriously. So you 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 hear the lungs. You looked at in the back, right? You listen to the yeah. lungs. And what what are you listening for in in lungs? Is it a, 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 a what does it sound like? Like a regular wind, or yeah. is it like a, clear breath like, sounds? Uh, you know, I'm so, so if, it is if not somebody good, comes in, like, if somebody comes in with pneumonia, we listen for what are called uh, mnemonic sounds, crackles. Crackles. Uh, if you were to take uh, some of your hair and rub it between your fingers in front of your uh, ear opening, yeah, that's kind of what we listen for with uh, signs of pneumonia. Okay. Uh, there are other exams that you can do, um, E to A changes. You know, you have them say the letter E, and it might sound like A, and you compare side by side. So there's things that we can listen for coupled with uh, the patient's um, exam history or their, their history uh, chief complaint that we can say, you know what, you probably have pneumonia. You're running a fever, you're coughing up this, we listen to your lungs. Sometimes we might get a chest x-ray to confirm it, maybe even a CBC, but a lot of times, especially with nowadays, um, as good as the oral antibiotics are, you know, we don't have to get the chest x-ray right off the bat so we can keep the cost down. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, in get, getting back to the examination. That was I mean, really interesting. I mean, this is stuff that I know, but I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know exactly what it entails. So that's why I'm asking. I'm simply curious. I'm not, uh, <laughs> it's not hey, a we're not, question. We're not going to divulge all our, our secrets here. On no, but it is interesting because I, I don't know what, what <laughs> I know. Well, you, okay, you listen to the heart. So what what exactly? So yesterday I had somebody in and they said, the left ventricle is sounding great, but the right ventricle is skipping something. Uh, how do you hear that? How do you know it's left or right? What, what do you hear? Is there a clicking noise? Is there a silence? And then boom, there is something. What what do you hear in the heart that is different? This is one of your customers who are telling you that that's what they diagnosed heard. That. Yeah, that's what they diagnosed that. Well, when you listen to a heart's sound, yeah, via the stethoscope, sure, you're listening for the opening and closing of the valves that you hear as the the lub dub, lub dub, lub dub. Okay, you know, and, but you're also listening for flow murmurs, um, signs of turbulent blood flow that are uh, coming across the valves that could mean or, or mean underlying valvular disease. Um, you're listening for irregularity in the heartbeat. Is it, you know, is it a nice evenly Even? spaced, uh, heartbeat with regularity as well as in a normal rate yeah. or is it skipping all over the place? Okay. Is it, uh, we call it irregularly irregular when somebody has atrial fibrillation. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, are they having just, Occasional skip beats that could be a premature atrial contraction or a premature ventricular contraction, mm -hmm. which all can be a sign of underlying heart disease. A lot of times it doesn't mean that there's anything um, significantly wrong. Some people just have occasional PVCs or PACs. You don't have to do anything about them. Um, but, you know, it's just part of that whole screening process that we yeah. use during a physical to assess, hey, is there something more going on here? You know, do we need to run some extra tests here? Do we? Do we need to get an echo on your heart? Do we need to get a stress EKG? Yeah. Um, or do you need to go see a cardiologist? Yes. Oh, okay. So you literally hear that. So when the blood is not flowing correctly, you can almost hear the blood itself 
making a noise. Otherwise, it will be more a rhythm. But if there is something not working with the blood, then you hear a curdling sound or do you hear a rattling sound? Or so if, if one of your, your valves aren't functioning right, you know, you could hear uh, abnormal valve uh, opening or closure click or sound. Wow. Or if you have the valve isn't functioning right, or you've got some type of um, you know, growth or something on the valve or the leaflet or uh, a big um, you know, area of plaque buildup. It causes turbulence in okay. the flow. I mean, think of you know blood flow through your heart and your arteries like water flowing through a pipe. Yes. If that pipe is nice and round and wide open, you really don't hear the 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 flow of the liquid yeah, through the pipe. But sound. if there's something in there, it's going to cause an eddying or turbulence in that flow. Okay. And we can hear that with our stethoscope. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what we okay. listen for. That's very interesting. Yeah, because I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I just assume. But it is literally, I, I think it's very, I think the listeners enjoy this too because they, you know, you go to the doctor to listen to you and they said, everything is fine. Okay. Well, I don't feel fine. So why do you tell me my heart is good? Or I've been coughing. Why do you tell me my lungs sound normal? Uh, people want to understand what are you listening for? It's interesting. It's okay. So then we go, keep going south. We keep going south. I think stomach. What do you do with the stomach? Well, we palpate, listen, normal bowel sounds. Um, you can typically hear the stomach gurgling yeah. as well as the intestines. Okay. Um, I mean, normally, so People again, have stethoscope. Yeah. You do it with, with the yeah. stethoscope. Wow. I mean, most of the time you can hear their stump when you're listening to their lungs. You can hear bowel sounds even coming through uh, as we're listening to the lungs. Huh. I mean, you know, your stomach growls when you're sitting here um, on your radio. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is, huh. but I mean, you can hear it. Oh, sure. So obviously, you don't need a stethoscope to hear bowel sounds does coming it, out of your abdomen. So if somebody is overweight, is does it make it hard? To hear the heart or the lungs or... Uh, yeah, because, yeah, you can. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're listening through, it could be anywhere from two inches of subcutaneous fat and the sounds are more distant okay. and you have to... And plus, trying to uh, place... When somebody is morbidly obese, trying yeah. to find the, the normal landmarks where you would listen becomes a little bit different. Correct. Things are sagging. I mean, there's, uh, there's a little bit of yeah. an anatomical shift from the outside so it makes it uh, more difficult so you know you need a quieter room you, know, you might have to position the patient differently to hear that mm -hmm. so um where were we can so, we continue with that in the next break after the, not in the break but after the break <laughs> absolutely we're just we getting got, done the good part right yeah that is uh, that's true uh my goodness yeah so i appreciate this because i just don't know uh, what 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 a physical exam really entails. Some people say they just take your blood pressure, they take your blood, and they look at you and they say everything looks fine. Well, if you don't feel fine, that is a horrible exam, in my opinion, for a lot of money, and uh, you had to sit in the waiting room for a while. So anyway, uh, I appreciate that. Let's see here what we have uh, coming up. Stay tuned, folks. Dr. Pete Sarkowski and myself will be back for one more half hour. We've been going through all kinds of uh, uh, topics.
I, I I would say, you know, talk a little bit about your history and your passion and why you decided to go on your own and what it means to be a doctor in osteopathy in comparison to a medical doctor. You are a medical doctor. So that is that is that that settles that. But you're also a doctor in osteopathy. And uh, we uh, we talked about the uh, the different services you provide and why we're having so many chronic diseases today, which is partly because of certain things we we don't do that we should do, and we 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 do things that we shouldn't. And um, then we started talking about physical exams, and I I I think it's fascinating. I'm not uh, tricking you over here with asking you this question. And anyway, Doctor Pete, thanks for spending your time with me. No problem. It went quicker than I thought. I know. It always happens that way. Yeah. It's fun. I already can see there's another visit in the in the future. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll yeah. get Matt on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a talker, all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh if you don't mind, I'd just like to continue with this physical exam. Uh we uh we just uh talked about the gurgling and we talked about look at that, we have a caller calling in. So that is a great. Good morning, uh, caller. Thank you for joining the program today. What's your name? How can we help you, please? Yeah, good morning, Jacobus. This is Mary DeBernardis. Hello, Mary. <laughs> good morning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I when I was working for the American Medical Association, I got a graduate school. I was encouraged and the staff there to teach to teach doctors more nutrition when they went to medical school so they yeah. can find the connection between food and health. Yes. And I'm really grateful that I that I understood uh Cancer, because in our our oldest, our youngest daughter, who just got her PhD in psychology four years ago, she developed a malignant melanoma on her arm, and I recognized oh, it. So I yeah. got her the treatment in time. Yes, she got married last month. But I also want to point out that uh, we're having our brain injury support group picnic next Saturday. In case he wants to attend with you at Beale okay. Park from ten from eleven thirty to three. Okay, I'm going to be serving some uh, some cooked. Uh, Fresh salmon, wild salmon, oh, and other things. So, it's good, so, for, and salmon is good so, for the brain, Mary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so, if you'd like to uh, join us, feel free to contact me. And if anybody has had a brain injury out there, they're welcome to contact me at five three nine seven seven five one. And I get text messages to my cell phone as well. Okay, five three nine seven seven five one for the yeah. uh, Montana yeah. of the Bozeman Gallatin well, Valley well, Brain that, Injury that, Group. That, that's my personal cell phone. I get text messages as well. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I'm just grateful I'm alive after the drunk driver almost took my life 18 years ago. I know, Mary. He's now in prison in Idaho after his ATY his girlfriend died, so we need to eliminate that as well. Yeah, you're right. Well, That's a good well, point. Thank you. Well, thank you for all you do. And, well, thank you, and, Mary, uh, and also he, for you. Maybe he can be a guest speaker at one of our meetings in the future. Yeah, that okay? will be good. He has time. Okay, thank I'll you I'll let so him contact much. you. Thank you, Mary. All the best. Bye-bye. 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 That's actually a very important group, the Brain Injury Group in Bozeman. They get together. Mary DiBernardis uh, presides over that. And there are so many people with brain injuries. Do you deal with that? You get people in that have had concussions or uh, that hurt themselves. I'm sure you do. Sure. How do you deal? What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you hear? What do you hear on that? Well, most, mostly it's uh, concussions. Yeah. But, you know. We just had one guy in, oh gosh, maybe six months ago, came uh, from the East Coast. He had fallen out there, been seen in the ER, CT scan was negative, came in to see me and uh, had concerning symptoms. I ordered a outpatient CT and sure enough, he had a, 
um, actual uh, bilateral subdural hematoma. Um, you know, we ended up, I ended up talking to the neurosurgeon over in Billings and we didn't deem it was surgical. So he didn't. And uh, he just had me uh, pretty much uh, start the standard medicine protocol, anti-seizure medicines um, to help him, you know, uh, along. And, you know, it's been a long, slow process for him. Um, but mainly what we see from a head injury standpoint are, are concussions, especially in the, the younger athletes. Or, you know, I mean, heck, anybody who falls hard, trips out in the public, you know, might fall yeah. on the ski slope. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's pretty common. Um, you know, from a brain injury standpoint, yeah, I don't, it's certainly not my area of expertise. I mean, I think probably one of the neurologists would be um, the best uh, to come Speaker, and yeah. speak at the the group. Yeah, but um, what are symptoms when somebody walks in the clinic and that you say this is a possible concussions concussion? What are the what are you looking for? Well, um, the symptoms of a bad concussion or a more serious intracranial bleed can be the same: uh, headache, dizziness, nausea, uh, the physical findings. Um, you know, you can have blood behind the eardrum. Uh, you could have leakage from the nose. You could have uh, a pupillary uh, defect in one of the eyes, meaning one you know one pupil's bigger than the other oh. or less reactive. Okay. Um, and and some of it has to do with the trauma itself. I mean, do they fall, you know, from a significant height onto concrete versus yeah. you know they were running across their you know uh, living room floor and and just tripped and fell onto carpet. I mean, so it's the trauma itself that. Uh, would indicate could there be a more under you know mm. uh, considerable uh, intracranial injury, and then underlying uh, medical history. I mean, obviously, if somebody has got a head injury and they're on a blood thinner, well, oh the, boy, you know the risk of you know goes way up. Hammer concern yeah, level goes way up. You bet. Yeah. Now in the olden days, and I'm talking about when you and I were a lot younger, I always thought it was you have to lay flat for a few days in a dark room and no pillow. People don't do that anymore. They just walk around with concussions. Was that a bad treatment? Was it unnecessary? Or do you still recommend that kind of stuff? No, I mean, brain rest is still the recommended treatment. But um, how many people do that? Well, I mean, it's those that can. I mean, if you truly have bad symptoms, you're not going to be going to work the next day. Well, you sure, can't. You've got a, whole pine, yeah, a, whole you've got a headache. horrible headache. You're dizzy. You're nauseous. I mean, the best thing you can do is lay uh, flat. Well, or at least in a very quiet setting, dark room, sleep as much as possible. I mean, that's, you know, you shouldn't be listening to loud music, watching TV, reading, studying. It's primarily brain rest. And your brain rests the best when it's sleeping or you're sleeping. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, good. But no, that was not bad advice. Okay, yeah, because I, and I don't know how they came up with that idea. Maybe a natural inclination. Well, you better go lay flat. But the dark room and uh, uh, just not move too much with your head and no pillow. Uh, I always thought that was the treatment. And these days you see young people and they have a concussion and they're walking around the next day or two days later because they take medication and then they don't feel dizzy. But I go like, your brain needs to heal because you don't take care of it now. You're going to pay for it later. You may have headaches for the rest of your life. Well, I think our threshold of, you know, what we consider uh, a brain injury and or a concussion is definitely lower. You know, I mean, the old days of, uh, you know, sports injuries, concussions, you pretty much had to be knocked out on the field 
to come off, you know, yeah. the yeah. old, they you know, tape an aspirin to it and get back in there. So, yeah. um, things are different. We know the underlying dangers, uh, dangers, mm. uh, permanent sequela of, you know, mistreating these second yeah. impact syndrome where, you know, kids are dying. Mm. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program today. Who are you and what is your question? Well, good morning, Jacobus. It's Mary. And, Hi, Mary. Uh, Doc, I'm delighted to hear you. I've heard uh, uh, great things about you over the years. And uh, uh, one of your uh, one of the things that you've talked about here just with the concussion, and then Jacobus had also covered uh, some information about the vagus nerve in the past. Yes. And um, I had met a uh, an ER doctor from the East Coast many years ago who said that she thought that one of the most undiagnosed and, and uh missed symptom uh, had to do with autonomic dysfunction and how it ties in with the vagus nerve. And and she said it, it is just so prevalent and it's being missed um, a lot uh, because it disguises itself in, you know, in, in uh, problems with the brain to the gut to the heart. And uh, I'm just interested in your, your, uh, your feedback on that. Huh. Specifically in related to concussions or just autonomic dysfunction in relation to vagus nerve? Uh, well, underlying medical yeah, issues that people yes. are coming in with. Good point. Yeah, yeah I'll, any, any way you'd like to cover it, um, just go ahead. I, I'm interested in whatever you have to say about it. Yeah, you bet. Well, that's, that's kind of a tough one. Uh, I mean, I don't disagree with it. Um, you know, as an osteopath, I mean, part of um, our training is both in uh, the somatic nervous system as well as the autonomic nervous system. And uh, the vagus nerve is um, crucial to a lot of the uh, organs within the, the gut itself. So, uh, you know, I can't really address that um, specific because <laughs> it's certainly not my area of expertise but I would agree with it um, just based on anatomy and physiology. And it should be looked at uh, as a possibility, uh, of, you know, a cause of, of somebody's underlying uh, health issue. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is really a body-mind connection. Uh, that's what you're trying to say, uh, Mary, right? Well, it, uh, partially, but, but also um, it's a physical uh, reality. I'm thinking of people I've known who have also had accidents either from a fall or a car accident, and then the, the vagus nerve gets damaged, and then they have all these autonomic um, dysfunction, uh, you know, problems like with temperature, uh, dysregulation, and, and, you know, digestion problems and so forth. And I don't know, for instance, as an osteopath, if, if you would be looking at that more closely because it's also a structural problem, I think. Um, it, that's why I was hoping that... Um, uh, you know, maybe you've, you've observed that because you're approaching things a little bit differently than a re, uh, uh, the run-of-the-mill physician. Well, you know, yes and no. I mean, um, obviously all of us physicians, whether MDs or DOs, I mean, should be taking a holistic approach to anybody's uh, medical uh, issues. Um, you know, most people that come in with a specific complaint um, you know, you try to, well, the old adage is common things happen commonly, but after a while, if, if, uh, 
things aren't getting figured out, you have to start looking deeper into where you would, as you bring up a, an autonomic nerve dysfunction as a possibility that uh, could be causing this patient's underlying problem, whether it's something specific to one organ system or multiple organ systems. Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, wherever the body has a certain weakness, that's usually where it comes out. And that uh, because the system is so complex and the vagus nerve is hitting all the main uh, the main organs uh, that are in the in the rump, so to say, it stops down at the hips or at the at the lower at your your abdomen, lower abdomen. Um, uh, if if you already have a weak spot because you haven't taken care of it, that's usually where the symptoms are coming out, and then we don't always understand if it is indeed the system that you're talking about the symptom that you feel in that specific organ, or if there could be a relationship to possible stress or uh, changes in life that you've gone through that may not be stressful, but they definitely have an effect on who you are as a person, and it just usually comes out sideways. Hmm. Mm. Okay, gentlemen. Hey, thanks so very much. Yeah, I hope we answered the question. Uh, that was a tough one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean it to be a test. <laughs> No, no, it's quite all right. We okay. enjoy it. Thanks so much. Thanks okay. for listening. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, it is. It is interesting, The uh, that whole connection between the body and the mind. And and, and um, uh, that is something that I know you could only find out if you sit down with a person and they connect with you and they would say, Doc, I got to tell you that it's there's been a lot of stress in my life. And that is usually for you to open door to say, okay, I, I now start to understand more why I can sense different things going on in your system. Hmm. So we're talking about the physical exam. We're working on the uh, abdomen and you hear certain sounds. We talked about how does it work when people have more body fat than they need. Now, some people do not have a healthy diet, but they do not have the propensity to gain a lot of weight, so maybe skinny. I always imagine that somehow they may have fat growing around the organs instead of growing outwardly. I know there are very overweight people who have normal blood pressure, they have no cholesterol problems, and but they're just really overweight. That's how the body processes it. There are other people who look skinny, they have diabetes, they have high blood pressure, they have bad cholesterol, and they may have fat growing around the tissue. Am I correct in that or is that wrong? Well, yeah, and part of that is just uh, genetics. Uh, but, you know, there's a structure within the abdomen called the omentum, and that's our internal fat stores. Huh. Uh, men tend to... Omentum? Omentum. O-M-E-N-T-U-M. Um, like momentum without the M. Right. Oh, and so that's our internal fat store. Men tend to store more fat uh, centrally uh, than women do. So, you know, uh, men will put more fat on um, in internally in the omentum, uh, not to say that women don't, uh, but, you know. I mean, that's what we grow. Of, that's why yeah. we keep it. Yes, yeah. yes. Men yes. just have big old bellies on it, and that's yep. where we tend to store ours. But, huh. um yeah, that's it's certainly an, it's a major contributor um, to abdominal girth uh, in men, especially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so then where we go from there? Oh, physical exam. Yeah, All right, so, not? you know, I mean, the, the belly, the most important part of um, 
an abdominal examination is, is palpation of the organs. Um, you know, we can pick up uh, an enlarged liver, an enlarged spleen. Um, you can palpate uh, an abdominal aortic aneurysm. How do you how do you pick up on an enlarged liver? Well, the liver has a specific size. feel and size to it. Okay. All of a sudden, the you know the liver you percuss and palpate down. I mean, you know, you you do this enough, you know. Okay, whoa, that's not what a normal liver is supposed to feel like. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can certainly get a CT scan to confirm it or an ultrasound, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of things can be picked up on a good physical examination. Yeah, um, I've talked to patients, and there are some doctors who believe that you know, primarily, uh, all you have to do is look at the labs anymore. You know, it's all uh, a biochemical reading of the the body, and and I, certainly, I think that um, a good physical exam um, can you know yield a lot of helpful information and help in the diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. My concern is, you know, it's, it's becoming uh, less and less relied upon, you know, mo it's more diagnostic. Well, you know, Blood let's just work. get some labs, let's get some imaging and we'll go from there. Yeah. It's expensive. It's an expensive way to, you know, diagnose, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, basically run medicine. I mean, there's, there is a place for the good old, uh, history and physical examination, and it you know it should be a good one. So when you go down to the hip area, do you uh, do like manipulation of the hips and the legs? Do you move them around and feel if there's a clicking in the hips, or is there if it's moving all right? Is that stuff that you do as well? As part of a, a normal adult yeah. physical exam, I mean specifically, you know, if patients are complaining of arthritic pain in the hip. I mean, we'll get them up. I, I tip, there's cer certainly um, on the exam table, you do uh, testing of the lower extremities um, as well as the hip and the low back. Yeah. You know, you have them squat down when they're on the floor to look at both uh, knee range of motion, signs of arthritis. You can tell whether their hips are uh, causing them pain and yeah. are they able to do a full squat. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and again, is, if there are specific uh, orthopedic complaints, you're going to focus on that joint and you know, stress the ligaments, put it through a range of motion. Okay. Uh, feel for any you know, abnormal crepitus, meaning arthritic pops or clicks that may be happening, causing pain. Yeah. That would indicate underlying uh, degenerative joint disease. Yes. Okay. Hmm. I don't know if you're breaking up sometimes. I, I don't hear you all the time on my headphone. So maybe you can be close to the microphone and... and uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I know. I well, it was happening to me when I had See, the, now you do this, head. but you have a tendency to all of a sudden just start talking and you back out of the microphone. And I'm a rookie at this. Uh, no, I, I think I, uh, maybe I'm relaxing you too much. <laughs> I should ask you tougher questions. <laughs> uh, then you <laughs> see the like, beat, ah! the sweat pouring <laughs> off my face. Well, I apologize if I uh, oh, that's funny. lost voice here on the show. Yeah. Okay. Anything else that uh, we need to know? Is there uh, uh, is there any testing on the sexual organs? Is that something that you do, or is that not necessary, or is that part of it, or do you request it, or do they request it? How does it work? Yeah, typically, uh, do a hernia exam on a male, check to make sure uh, testes are within normal limit, no testicular cancer. Um, you know, sometimes on sports physicals, these kids will come in. And uh, we'll find that they have an undescended testicle or they've got yeah. uh, a hydrocele in their their scrotum. I mean, that they didn't want to say anything to their parents 
because uh, they're embarrassed. So, we'll, I mean, we'll what's find, a hydro seal? Uh, it's a collection of fluid within the scrotal. Side. Oh, okay. All it's, right. It's a benign thing, but I mean, you know, I've picked them up on sports exams before. Yeah, interesting. And then you know, uh, whatever. Uh, I mean, a lot of times, based on the age of the patient. Yeah. They need a, a rectal exam and, you know, check for blood in the stool, make sure they don't have signs of, you know, uh, possible yeah, colon you colon bet. cancer that will yeah, send them yeah. off for uh, a colonoscopy. Yeah. Well, I hear the music playing in the background and I... Uh, it's time. It is time. It's time to leave. I, I really appreciate this. I mean, it sounds like silly that we talk about these physical exams, but I tell you... That uh, the question we had from the from the caller, do you do annual exams? That got us going into this, and I, I, I appreciate you explained it so 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 well. That uh, I hope that people will use this information and check you out at East Main Medical Clinic, uh, Doctor Peter Sarkowski. Thanks so much for being. Or here. Or get in to see your primary care physician. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll let you know. Anyway, we are done for the week. We'll talk to you again next week, Saturday from eight to eleven. Have a great weekend, and thank you very much. Doc.